<clears throat> Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you stories of artists and people on their journey, helping to guide, answer questions, and motivate you in the business. Are you a creator? Well, listen up, because today I have some creators on the show, and I want you to meet them. Today we have Jeannie Dalton and we have Ryan Nelson, who are the writers and executive producers, as well as the actors in a web series called How Did That Happen? Now, the web series is about unlikely friends, and I want you to meet them. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me for this episode. Thank you Let's, for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Of course. Awesome. Let's get into it. First of all, I've seen the series. It's amazing, amazing. Oh. Tell us a little bit about about uh, what the series is, and and uh, let's go from there. Go ahead. When did you put that mask back on? I don't think anybody can see me. That doesn't even make sense. Oh, mommy, what did you do? It's, it's nothing, sweetie. Must have an A average. I want a very specific type of person. He's got a really hot ass. You're an out-of-work actor looking for a roommate at the age of 39. What's your GPA? I'm an astronaut. Sometimes I forget to take my medication, but if that happens, just call my parole officer. But I got laid off. Thanks, Obama. The fluoride they put in the water is used to control our minds. You have a lot of interesting energy in here. Kinda negative. By the way, you have an appointment to check out an apartment. Are you insane? You said you broke up with her. You know Stacy? She's crazy. What? <laughs> Trey, you son of a bitch! I made you! I'm the best thing that ever happened to you! That is unhealthy, man. Did you just threaten me? That's a problem. Tell me about it. I set up a Tinder account for you. You're welcome. You're a dick. But I'm your dick. You're in luck. I liked you best. Yeah, I'm not interested anymore. It's you. You're just really weird. Am I really weird? Alexa, fart. Well, you're not not weird. I gotta get that painting. Oh. <laughs> not like I'm gonna rob you or anything. They have all sorts of activities on the pier in the summer. They even have a hip-hop class on Fridays. She was like super white. And I made you some cookies to take home. Like 1950s, hide the black people in the basement kind of white. Anything is better than living with psycho Stacy. Hi. Hi. Wow, you two really look alike. Uh, genetics? He's black. Uh, yes. Yes, he is. Genetics. There's a strange black man sleeping in my apartment. So how do we do this? I don't know. I thought you would know. What, because I'm black? Yeah. No, I mean... Oh, no, fuck that. No way. What a racist. Oh, my God. Am I a racist? I am a practical, reasonable, grounded person. Mm, the verdict's out on that one. That's a dildo tray. Middle-aged people do have sex. Yeah, that's, that's weird. No one's really that big. Well, almost nobody. <laughs> You can't get me out of my room! Open up! Don't drink that! 
Um, well, do you want me to talk, Ray? <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> um, it's about, it's kind of the odd couple meets Seinfeld is kind of what we envisioned. Um, it's about two people who you wouldn't think were friends. And, and actually the whole genesis of the, of the show was because Ryan and I were working together and we started hanging out after work at this diner in Brooklyn. And it was me, only I had was dressed up like I, Ryan totally thought I was a goth chick when he first met me. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm a middle-aged mom. Like, <laughs> that's not what I usually look like. But, um, but so for this gig that I was doing, like I tried to look really like intense and pull my hair back and really tight and everything. Um, and so I looked like that when we would go out and Ryan looked like Ryan. And then we had this other, um, middle-aged white British guy. And so it was the three of us that would always go to this diner after work. And after several times of going there, I looked at the wait staff and I was like, oh my God, the wait staff is looking at us like, I don't understand. I don't understand how those three people are friends. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I was like, they're so confused by us. And I said, wouldn't it be fun to like, Ryan and I had kind of bouncing, bouncing around with some ideas of like maybe doing something together, maybe. And then we said, what if we made a show about that? Like people that you wouldn't think were friends. And then in the process of working on this together, we have become like just really excellent besties. We've been like- I love this. I love this idea because first of all, just first of all, for everybody who's listening to this podcast on audio, you don't even see the visual here, but you gotta know <laughs> that the difference is obvious so before while we were setting up the comedy that happened <laughs> in just setting up this podcast gives you an idea of what this whole series is about now are either of you guys writers or how, how did that happen are you actors first or you this is this is our first time ever i think writing a project fully out to this to this degree you know i think both of us you know, I just heard a, a, a quote from Mark Twain that said, like, success is built on um, <laughs> ignorance and confidence. Mm. And Jeannie had always told me- Ryan and I were first writing. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan, you say it. Yeah, Jeannie had always told me, like, when we first started, I'm like, Jeannie, let's just do this, and we'll just do that, and we'll just do this, we'll write whatever. And he's like, if you had any idea what you were getting yourself into, I'm not sure you would be so, like, gung-ho, <laughs> so, like, you know, like, you know, about it. And she was right because I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but the whole way, because I was just like, oh, it's easy. You just, you know, you just write the show and then you shoot the show and then you you find the right people and you cast the show and then you get the show on TV. It's like, that's it, you know, it's like simple. You know, I'm sort of like very sort of naive about it, but just knowing that what we have is something really funny and something that we don't see out there, which is one of the reasons why I think we're so like excited about it is because, you know, this is the kind of show that we would watch, Absolutely. you know, if we weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in it, yeah. It's. I was it's, lucky to have Ryan too because Ryan was so confident and enthusiastic. I was just like, okay, okay, <laughs> let's do it. I like this too because how do you? First of all, I'm. You know, I don't know what your backgrounds are, and 
Oh, sorry, we didn't answer your question. We both started as actors. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actors. Okay. So, how do you get to a point where you want to write? First of all, let me back up. So, the series is incredible because what everything you just said, Ryan, plus it resonates with a lot of people. You know, it resonates mm -hmm. in so many different ways. There's so many over-the-top zany situations, but you find yourself so attracted to people who maybe you're opposites, and <clears throat> you guys address so many different things in the series in such a witty way. So you're actually laughing at it, but you're learning something. It makes you question some things too. That so was our goal. That was our goal actually was to like, my analogy was always, okay, I'm walking up the street and I see this black guy in a hoodie coming towards me and um, I get scared and I walk across the street. And so I have a few options, right? I can berate myself and be like, no, like you're a horrible person. Why would you do that? Or I could be like in denial and say, Oh, no, no, that's not me. I can't. I, I would. No, I, there was something, you know, bad that, you know, where I could ask myself the question, why did I do that? You know, was there a legitimate threat or was it that I have this bias in me that makes me afraid of this person for reasons that, you know, that person has no control over? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. To, but to laugh at ourselves and to ask the question more than anything and say, wait a minute, what does this mean? You know, and to be honest with ourselves about it so that we can talk, have a conversation about things. Yes. Because yes. how else are we ever going to move forward on so many issues unless we can talk about things and try to understand each other? Absolutely. And I think you guys did that brilliantly. Did you work on it writing together? Ryan, did you do most of the writing and then throw it to Jeannie and you sort of... We actually wrote together, everything together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we wrote literally everything together. We worked over um, over Zoom and like actually we worked over um, like the iPhone, like FaceTime. FaceTime and, first. You know, yeah, we FaceTimed each other because, and we needed to FaceTime because as we're like talking out scenarios, we're just like talking things, we're sort of playing out each character. Like each character is, no matter what they look like, each character is Jeannie and I. You know, they're you, they're everybody, but they're written so like each character has elements of like us in it. So we're just literally batting it back and forth, like improving with each other. I would say this, and then wouldn't it be funny if he did this and da-da-da, okay, and then we're sort of like just going, going and like, FaceTime was great because, you know, sometimes we're trying to express something, but there's not really like the word you can't find. But you're like, you know, it's like, and he's like, oh, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so, so it's like the sort of like vibe, you know, so um, we wrote everything together over FaceTime. I like we that. definitely came at it from an actor's perspective. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's like we played all the characters out with each other. That's great. How do you how do you keep the funniness in? Because like like we're saying, you know, these are real life situations and they resonate with people. And like you said, Jeannie, you know, you want to start a conversation, but you guys actually put it in a way where we look at it, we laugh. How do you how did you keep the, the funny in? I think part of it is that the funnies is is, in, is always there, like in situations in life that you go through. Jeannie was saying this the other day. Like you go through a terrible situation or not so pleasant and you think this is gonna be really funny after it's not, <laughs> not funny right now going through this you know but this is gonna be a story and a half to tell people so it's sort of like recognizing that even in the most like dire of circumstances there's a perspective where you can see something to laugh about it some sort of comedy some sort of like 
you know, lightheartedness about it. I like that. So now I want to get a little kind of a little specific without saying too much. So you have some different situations, scenarios that deal with racism. I think you just mentioned one. You had some that deal with uh, children's honesty, which was a funny little situation. Tell us a little bit about that situation there without giving away too much, if you can. Sort of when the when the little girl, when your daughter sees uh, Ryan's character for the first yeah. time, yeah. she just blurts out something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of shocking, but it's the honesty of kids. And it was mm -hmm. funny. And then you sort of start to question like things. Well, wow. I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And you know what I mean? Like there's something real to it, but mm -hmm. it's also funny. Right. Well, we, I'm, I think with that moment, what, what pops out as being interesting to me was that she felt really uncomfortable saying that line actually. <laughs> And we only got one take with it, with her going, that funny face that she mm -hmm. makes, you know, at the end. Yeah. And that so made it even funnier because she was, she was, and that was Lawrence, our director, was like, say it like this, like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, they said it and it was just, it just was so funny. Um, but that's what I remember about that line in particular. Um, yeah, she was definitely not comfortable like, with, yeah. with that. Um, but I think that part of what makes it so funny is that face she makes after of like being like a little, I don't know about this, you know, like I'm right. a little like, because I think that that's, and I think part of why Lawrence, I mean, I can't speak for him, but part of what we got out of it was exactly what you said. It was that sort of raw, pure honesty of children. That's not, yeah. that's not heavy. It's not all this like, negative history with people and experience it's just telling it like it is it's like this is a pink flower it's pink right you know i mean like there's a pink elephant yeah. in the room kids are like that there's a kids pink are... elephant in the room everybody you know exactly and in the irony i think of, of it too is knowing the uncomfortability of her saying that line is actually the uncomfortability of the parent when they do say that line right. so that like is a whole nother layer of, of funny to mm -hmm. me you know because yeah. i could see in her i could see as an actor you know, uh, or a person watching it that she was a little bit uncomfortable, but then she made the funny face. And then I thought, well, gosh, that's what parents think when the kids just blurt that stuff out. Yeah. So that made it even funnier. To me. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys go yeah. about sort of picking different scenarios? I mean, how was the like there's some thread of storyline that just touched so many uncomfortable situations. How did that process come about? How was the storyline? made a lot of our a lot of what we've been and we actually have written a whole season um of this show mm -hmm. and we were working on the uh, we're working on the trajectory of season two um a lot of it just came out of our own lives and taking like these crazy new york sort of situations that we've we've experienced ourselves and then pushing them like pushing the envelope on them and making mm -hmm. them even more extreme or looking at where who who would be who would it be funny if that happened to because that just happened to me in real life but we could have that happen to so and so and that would be funny because that's how trey would react to that so funnily you know right. such a humorous way so i think a lot of our a lot of it came out of that like our just our own experiences and they always say write about what you know right yeah and to mm -hmm. answer one of your earlier questions i i think i always wanted to be a writer 
but I felt like I didn't have anything to say. Mm. So I felt like working with Ryan, I think it gave me the courage and also um, the safety and the, and just the creativity. Brian's just a creative, such a creative person and so positive. Um, it just was fun. When was this, when was this written? Was this written over the pandemic? Was this no. written before, after? It this was, was written in 2017. It was written over maybe like two or three years. Like it took us like a like maybe a year and a half to like really write the write, write the whole eight episodes out. And we didn't shoot anything until after we had already written the whole first season. Um, and the pilot that we have out now is actually um, it's a blend of maybe the first two or three episodes put into one pilot for a sort of like sitcom type format. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of why it has all these layers of different issues happening because they're all sort of like pushed to the forefront a little bit and we just sort of found the place where they all um, had a through line because they were, they were already connected to begin with in the eight episode arc, you know, so we just sort of used this one pilot episode and arced them within that, you know, structure. We stole from different episodes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> like yeah. our our cold open and our closing mm -hmm. are actually from, what is it, episode four? Yeah. It's actually from another episode. And our that was a lot to do with our director kind of pushed us a little bit to be like, let's make this like a pilot and let's get all these like, fun, let's really show the dynamic mm -hmm. because in our first episode, Trey and Ginny hadn't even met yet. So he was like, I want to show the dynamic between the two of you. Gotcha. So that was, it was helpful to have that outside vision. Hmm. Yeah. And at the time though, just to add at the time, just for people who are creating at the time, I wasn't feeling like it was so helpful. I was kind of like, <laughs> what's going on? What are these people trying to take my show? They I checked my show. This? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is our show. No. Um, and sort of like, that was like a growing process as well. And sort of realizing that while it is my baby and it is our baby, it, you know, there are so many people who with their expertise and their, you know, particular magic were able to add to it. And now it's become something even bigger than we could have imagined because everybody got the opportunity to add, you know, their particular spice, you know, to the pot. Right. I love that because they say a lot of times when you're, you know, when you're in charge, you need to sort of incorporate those people who do have the expertise in the different areas in order for you to make a successful and brilliant project, which is what I feel like you guys did. What can you, I wanna, I kinda wanna inspire some people because we, you are content creators and I kinda wanna go along the journey of how this all came together. So in the process of doing this, where did you start off to where you ended? with it so how did it we, we kind of touched some of the areas already so from the writing part to getting the cast to incorporating these people who are the experts in their area in their field to the final product how do we how do we, we do got that? a crew first mm -hmm. we got our crew first we started doing interviews um and we, we got a really good crew yeah we really started we tried to pick people who we had a really good vibe with. Yeah. That sounds really nebulous, but um, yeah. Definitely important. Definitely important. Where we really felt like they understood and appreciated um, 
the dynamic between me and Ryan. And then also, we also wanted to, tr we tried to get as much diversity as we could in the crew, although we ended up with a huge number of Australians. Really? Yeah. <laughs> who, who, are, who are all amazing. They're they're, all and they're amazing. all white, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, we were mindful were of being. Yeah, they were amazing. They are amazing. We, are amazing. we were definitely mindful in every in every layer of our um, casting or like hiring or whatever, bringing people on. We were very conscious about making sure that we had women, you know, people of you know like of, of all different ethnicities and skin colors, you know, different you know gender preferences or whatever, you know, like what, what you know. We just wanted to make sure that we got we cast as wide a net as possible because those particular people have different life stories that then add to their art. And so- yeah. Say that again. Say that <laughs> again, please. Yeah, those, you know, each particular person has a different life story that adds to their art. So by yes. having as wide an array of people as possible, we got so much yes. out mm -hmm. of it, you know, yes. because they themselves had ideas and moments, you know what I mean? They're, you know, like with a camera angle or with a, you know, putting a particular pillow, you know, everyone's got their particular life experience that adds to what they do. So by having as many people from a wide range of life experiences, we were able to like add even more layers, you know, into the show. Yes, 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 yes. That That's it. That is it. Yeah, I want to mention something about our casting because we Please. casted for, we made sure, like we wanted my friend group to be distinct from Ginny's friend group so that the two worlds are sort of like colliding because this is a guy who's not very familiar with the white world and this is a woman who's not very familiar with the non-white world and they're sort of now like, you know, meeting, you know? So we wanted to make sure that my friend group and her friend group looked very different, you know? and. So we had a not it was not the easiest time casting people who are not white to be honest like we got even when we submitted and said like you know non-white you know we got so many white people like still applying for the positions which oh which also taught me like just to just apply just submit right so what you're yeah. not ready for the role just submit you like it you think if you do it submit because you never know because sometimes you see someone's face and it's like Oh, he's not right for this role, but I think I we could use him in something else, you know. So um, we had a few people that we just fell in love with during casting. This is so important to, for actors to know. That was hugely educational for me as an actor too, mm -hmm. to be on the other end of it. So so involved on the other end of it. Um, there there were several people we just fell in love with. We were like, oh my god, can we write a part for them? You know we. And we did actually end up writing a we part did. for a friend yeah. of ours. Yeah, who yeah. was not right. She came in, she was not good for any of the roles that we were reading her for, but we we're like, but I, we want to use her. She's really an interesting, can we write an extra character? So the 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 um, conspiracy theorist, we yeah. we wrote yeah. that part for her. Oh, because really? Because we were like, yeah, because we were like, oh, that would be funny to see her being like this. I like that. So we added that in after mm -hmm. casting started because we wanted, because we also wanted to diversify that group a little bit more. Yeah, so diversity was in, in the actors was was something that I didn't think was going to be quite as difficult to find, but it ended up taking us. We extended casting by like two or three weeks because we were not filling particular roles, you know. Um, and actually, we ended up casting as my girlfriend in the story. Uh, a first-time actor, Natasha Lopez, who now has like is like I'm the astronaut's wife on HBO or no, the Time Traveler's wife. I think it's called. Yeah. 
on HBO. Yeah. That was her first job, you know, and she, you know, we just sort of like, we picked, I think, the best people it, when it came down to the crew and and the cast, you know, but it did take some time to find That's the amazing. right pieces. I think a lot of people uh, have reservations about doing that, where the, the two of you did the casting and you did, you know, you did the casting for it? With our director. With the director. Okay, the yep. three. So the three. And there were times where we had differing opinions. Like mm -hmm. Ryan really fought for Natasha. Brian was really like, no, no, I just have a feeling about her and she's amazing. Yeah, yeah she is. She's yeah, she really is. She did a great job. Great job. Yeah. Yeah, everybody did a great job. Yeah, um, that was one of the one of the uh, the areas where it was like, oh no, you know, like it is about vibe, and it's like, no, this is where like this is who it has to be. I just feel it, you know what I mean? And yeah. so that's how I wanted to feel about all my choices. You know, I want to feel like, you know, oh no, I have to have this person. I have to have this, you know, however possible. That's right. It is a vibe. I mean, it's just like going on any job interview. You go, you meet the person. If your vibe is wrong, it doesn't matter how many credits you have. It's not going to work. The situation is not going to work. If the vibe is right, and yes, you you know the person can take direction or you know whatever the situation is there, it can work. It can definitely work. Yeah. So after the casting, what was what was the next step for you? How did you guys go? Well, after the casting, we are you know we had our UPM. This is like where our like Australian crew came in, and so we had to set location and we have to like get permission from you know find out all our locations you know and location scout you know let's go to all the different places and because we're using our own resources, we co-funded me to get a you know a budget. Mm -hmm. um, and so now we're trying to use our resources in terms of who we know that has a restaurant that looks like the scene, who do we know that has something like this, and then like just. We had um, with our with our um, our line producer and our UPM sort of like people reach out to feelers of people they know who have restaurants or restaurants in the neighborhood that we could use and we'll show their, you know, we'll give them credit and show their restaurant sort of like barter system a little bit in order to get, you know, some time. For the, for the people listening, what's a UPM? So um, it's the unit production manager. So it's the person who usually day to day when you're actually filming is sort of like managing things. Okay. Um, there's more definition than that, but I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good enough. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So finding locations. Um, so like you found the locations. Yeah. So some of the things I know you you shot some stuff on the subway. Was that was that done kind of guerrilla style? Yeah. yeah. That was definitely done guerrilla style, and we, we had debates about that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's, how are we yeah. gonna do this? That's funny. Tell him the story. Can we? Can I? Yeah, of course. Tell him yeah. the story about that lady. So we're we shot a couple of, we shot a couple of trains on the tra a couple of scenes on the train. So because they're different scenes, you know, I have different wardrobe and different scenes. So I had to change, and I changed just like in the train station. I'm taking off my shirt, my pants. I mean, I have underwear on. The crew is like surrounding me, like so everyone's around me. So I'm not like being like ex right. you know shown to the world really. Um, and there's this woman. This is at Flappers Avenue. Um, train station like Brooklyn College and this woman's like this is not your house this is not your house put your clothes on this is not your house and she just kept screaming like I kid you not she kept she kept screaming the train came that we were going to get on to shoot she got on it she's still screaming at us we got off of it we had to do some like trick thing to like get on get off because she was getting on and getting off too screaming this is not your house oh no um, yeah That's so we finally funny. and we tricked her and we we pretended to get on she got on we all ran off the last door <laughs> and, and the train went off <laughs> 
Shout out to Brooklyn for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not your house. And then we went, Ryan, put that in notes. <laughs> we have, we yeah. have pages and pages of notes about that things that hilarious. we're just... That's, Everyday that's a, things we're talking about. Exactly. That's another a whole other scene for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your house. That's funny. Yeah. So the location, so guerrilla style. And then after you get the locations, you set up the, you know, times oh. that you're going to. Oh, hmm? what, do you want to tell that story? Yeah, I know. We have so many stories. <laughs> so, so we have all these locations. We have Jeannie's house, Jeannie's beautiful apartment as one of our locations. My house, like the backyard was a location, you know, um, or the back area. A friend of mine said that we could use our place for the location and we scouted it twice. We went there and the day of we're there, it's like eight o'clock in the morning or something. And my friend is, is not so friendly this morning. And um, I think she was overwhelmed, honestly, with how big our she setup was. was because you know you hear someone shooting and you're like oh okay it's like five people you know we have like an art department we have wardrobe we've got like 30 people you know what i mean oh, huge cameras huge this crew is, yeah we didn't have a small crew we shot with a pretty like we have two you know two camera operators two assistants uh three interns we have like wardrobe has an assistant you know uh uh, art department has an assistant, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's a pretty big crew. And so she's always all these people coming in and I think she kind of got a little overwhelmed. And, you know, we couldn't uh, mean so I tried to well, people don't some. people don't realize my daughter freaked out, too. She was like, what? They took my room apart. Like people don't realize they think it's going to be fun to volunteer their location mm -hmm. as a location in a film or whatever. And it's it's overwhelming. For it is overwhelming. People who don't know that. But, you know, I knew what I was getting into, but Sorry, Ryan, continue. No, yeah, all good. Yeah. So, so she was like, she was she was a little freaked out. Yeah, she was a little freaked out. And so it looked like it wasn't going to work. My brother, he works at, at the time he worked at TBS, I called him and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, I don't know if I can shoot here anymore, you know, because she's upset. And my brother's like, you got 30 people up there waiting for you. She said you could shoot. She didn't tell you no, right? Okay, so you got to go up there. You got to shoot, get what you can get, you know, you know, like do the best with it. So now I'm walking back to set. So at this point, I walked away to talk to my friend. I'm walking back to set. I see Jeannie. She comes over to me. She's getting her hair and makeup done outside. because People didn't want to be inside because it was not the right energy. So Jeannie's getting her hair and makeup done. She comes over to me and she's like, Rye, are you okay? And I'm like, Jeannie, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me right now. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm looking like, because I'm about to start crying. I'm about to start crying. You know, I've been, I'm overwhelmed now emotionally. And then I said to myself, I'm having the time of my life. How could something bad be happening to me? That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no, something bad couldn't be happening to me. So this is good. So I, I guess this is good. Okay, I guess this is good. All right, so this is good. As I'm talking, like literally, that's that conversation I have with myself. I'm like, I know that if you're having time on your life, only good things should be attracted to you, and like, you know, you should be experiencing. So, so you know, this must be good. And we go back upstairs, and the crew, one of our um, who was like an associate producer after this, um, Ambrose, he says, you guys can use my place in Chinatown. Let me just call my fiance and see if it's okay. We can shoot there. His place had everything that we had imagined in our minds. Really? It, at my friend's place, we were faking things. It had everything. Jeannie, tell him. Like All those racks Ooh. of clothes, uh -huh. those were there. That apartment looked just like it. the really? inside. It's dark in there, I know, but... But those, like the, we had lines. I was like, you know that line I say about, oh my God, I have the perfect dress for going with these shoes. 
I just was spontaneous because I she happened to have the same dress that Jeannie shot in in an earlier scene. Wow. And she had the matching shoes. They had the shoe racks that we wanted. They had a sign on the wall that says like positive vibes only during a scene where the opposite is happening. Like that's crazy. We needed a fire escape to jump up. My friends, we were going to like cheat it. We had an actual fire escape. We, We were able to get on the first floor of the back of the fire escape to shoot up. I'm telling you like, it was our ideal location. Yeah. That's amazing. See how that worked out? Yeah. See yeah, how that, that worked what... out? Wow. Okay. That's I amazing. I tell that story to my friends when I'm like, you know, stay in good feeling. Like, regardless of what's showing up in front of you, just stay in your own good feeling. It'll change. It'll right. have to. It's going to have to meet you. But you're not, you know, don't be moved by it. You're exactly where you're supposed to be at that time. Yeah. You, you really are. That's that's amazing. We were so, in the long run, we were so lucky that that actually that happened. Yeah, it was like, you know, it ended up working out for our best interest. And me and her are Granted, still- Granted, we, we shot for 24 hours straight and had to cancel the next day of shooting, but it all worked out. How long, speaking of which, how long was the, the shooting for you? Total. It was like what? Seven days? Or seven days? It was seven and days then, total, yeah. And then we had to shoot those other two days, right? Was that an additional or? That counts in the seven. So we shot, we we scheduled it a Monday through Friday and, or Saturday. And we ended up because of the whole location change and things moving. That's one thing you have to know when you're shooting is like for whatever you set up or you plan, you know, just go with the flow. Stuff's going to happen. Yeah, Yeah. totally. You can't be so stuck on anything. Every day something happens. I was going to say, do you feel like that was your biggest challenge through the whole thing? Was the location change? Or was there something else that kind of sticks in your brain? That was hard because everybody was really tired. And that was where our choice of people really came through for us. Yeah, because they were all invested. So they were they had all bought in to what we were doing and wanting to make this project on a larger level than just, um, you know, the work of it. You know, I think also too, it helps in getting people who are looking to like, so your director is usually a director of commercials, but now he wants to direct narratives. So now he's going to do something. So now he'll be interested in getting this on his reel. And he's bought into it in a different way because he's, you know, this is sort of building whatever he's trying to do for himself. So it was like by having that, that, you know, um, relationship with them where like they're they're benefiting from it and they're bought into like what we're actually doing they were able to you know stay so positive and so like you know with it even when we're working like 18 hours later you know um but yeah it was it was 24 hours right and we started at like 10 in the morning in hoboken yeah hoboken too wow we were in hoboken that's where we were supposed to shoot and we had to relocate to chinatown when we broke the next morning it was around 10 a.m so we were, I was just amazed at everybody being so amazing. Yeah, I don't, I hope Sag's not watching this. I, I always, I always say, you know, whenever you work we, on it. We, we, <laughs> no, but we paid our actors that were <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. We, had to, we had to pay her extra because of. Yeah. 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 I always say, you know, working, I've worked on, you know, huge productions. I've worked on independent films, but I always feel more invested when I work on the independent films for some reason. You know, whether it's me doing the independent project or it's somebody else doing the independent project and I'm part of it, I just feel much more of an investment in the project Mm. than I do on the huge 
Yeah, I can see that because it feels more grass. Like when it's grassroots, it's requiring, it requires more of you, you know, and it also requires you to sort of allow a little bit more as well because you recognize that everyone is doing the best they can with what their means are, you know. And like you said earlier, you know, it's people using their expertise and you allowing them their creativity and the respect that goes along with it. So you have much more of an investment in those projects. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely right. What do you guys want? Yeah, we really became a team. We really became a a really... Yeah, we called ourselves a... We were a family. We were like, how did that happen? Family, you know? Yeah. You can see it. I can feel it. I can feel it when I watch it. What What do you want people to take away from this whole... From viewing this whole thing? What do you just, want you know, know what if you're inspired to try something just go out and start doing it and just take one step at a time because that's how everything it's done one foot at a time you just, you just right. don't don't stress out and worry about like i mean when we were writing i was like oh god do we really want to set it there you know because how are we going to do that and brandon and i just decided you know what let's write what we want how we want it to be and if we need to change it we'll change it Oh, I really did have two pianos in my apartment at that moment, too. <laughs> that was already in there. At one point, I had three. It was wow. ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. I think in terms of the show, what we would want people to take away is, um, like that Jeannie mentioned earlier, sort of what we're really about is just showcasing these everyday moments in society, sort of playing it up a little bit, but showcasing these everyday moments and holding up the mirror to the audience. We're not saying that you're bad for crossing the street, like in Jeannie's scenario, I'm not, we're not, there's no judgment, you know, you do whatever it is that works for you. We're just holding up the mirror and saying, this is what it looks like, you know, and we're sort of having a lighthearted, a lighthearted laugh about it, you know, as opposed to, you know, something sort of like deep and, you know, heavy it's like no yeah this is what happens people you know are like he's black you know like you know like they they say things you know that's like sort of outlandish and you know how do you respond to that and do you even need to you know right absolutely and remembering too that that for the most part everybody's doing the best they can Uh, you know Hmm. they're trying they're they're not for the most part they're not intentionally trying to offend people or um, but but hopefully we all can become more aware of, of the times where we are we are experiencing um, hidden bias or um, implicit bias inside of ourselves, so that we can start to question that a little bit more and say, wait, so wait, no, why did I why did I feel more comfortable with that person than that person? Or and it could be the opposite too. You could have somebody who's very like you, and you think, oh, they're my people. And then you start to talk to them and you're like, oh my God, why don't I start talking to this person? Because this person's, I don't like this person, right? <laughs> right. It happened to me on the bus one day with one of my neighbors. I was like, oh, she's, she's my person, you know, we're, we're, you know. And then I, I was like, I saw her do something and I was like, okay, no, I don't want to talk to her anymore. Like, she just did or said something and I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, yeah, so that's, I think when, Sorry, I'm such a talker. No, that's fine. Um, no, I think that's yeah, great. I think that's what I want. Pe- that's what I would want people to like take away from the show is going like, oh, isn't it kind of interesting that 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 that, that happened and noticing those things in ourselves, whether it's about age or race or gender or you know the assumptions that we make, um, about, or even about ourselves, you know. 
Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. You said, you know, how things resonate, <clears throat> excuse me, with you and opening conversations about a lot of things, you know, making you reflect on a few things of your own. Yeah. Um, guys, I want to thank you for sharing the story with us. Uh, thank you for the series. I wish you the best. Uh, everyone, please make sure you look out for this. Please tell us how you can get in touch, how we can get in touch with you, Jeannie. Um, well, our email is is hdthws at gmail.com. That's our email. And my, our um, website is howdidthathappen.tv, correct? There's yep. two. Yep. Yeah. How did that happen? TV. How did that happen? TV.com. Um, and we're also on Instagram at how did that happen? Um, and um isn't it oh that's twitter no See, yeah, and i had to learn social media first, too. <laughs> social media is definitely hard yeah find us out of that happen uh i'm ry nelson on instagram and um genie is checkoff five i'm not sure how you spell checkoff c-h-e-k-h-o-v five on instagram <clears throat> Very good. Well, thank you guys. I want to thank you for spending some time here with us and inspiring us in so many different ways. Please come back anytime. Keep us abreast and let us know what's happening. Thank you everyone for watching this episode. You can find the show at One Mike Night. One Mike Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Go to the .com. You can find all the links to the social media. You can also follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Click the bell. This podcast is available on all digital platforms. Follow us on anchor.fm backslash one mic night. You can show us some love and some support there. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next time. I'm out.